There was some kill the president there with citizens. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration. I'm Jack, and we start off that show with a. a I'm not sure if that's appropriate for President's Day because it is President's Day today. But yes, my website is punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com, and we're here on President's Day. And I'm not quite sure what we do on President's Day, but I do believe that it was because uh, back in the day we had Washington's birthday and we had Lincoln's birthday, but. They wanted to celebrate both or something and combined it all into President's Day and called it President's Day. I wonder why just Washington and Lincoln, though. Why not some other presidents like Biden or Trump? Or maybe in a couple decades we'll have Biden and Trump as a holiday. I don't know. But whatever. It's supposed to be the third Monday in February, and I guess that's uh, what it is. So I'm Jack, and we've got our co-host here, Alex, again, because we're in Hollywood and doing the show called Punk Rock Demonstration. We're here every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time at punkrockdemo.com. How are you doing? Oh man, just tired as all hell. Working, working all the damn time. Nobody told me that being an adult was gonna be this exhausting. Yeah, I wish we were back in school where we can just uh, have President's Day off and not have to learn. But uh, unfortunately we're too old for that and we gotta learn on our own. And a day off is money lost. Uh-huh. Oh well, so yeah, it's President's Day and we're playing, I guess, President's Tunes, whatever that means, but punk rock at the same time. So we're going to play some uh, punk rock with uh, D-Boy for President, songs by D-Boy.
Revolution Is this horror? The dead don't talk about tomorrow You're a Hollywood hero
So that was the gonads with Love is a Lie and heard some Sham 69 with Hollywood Hero before that, Vultures with Fake Images before Sham 69 and Brand New Luddits with Poison Electricity before the Vultures. So I heard last week we had a stiff show from you. I think it's because we're talking about really serious topics Hmm. and yeah, I don't think we're we're going to repeat that this week and I think we were uh, sober last week so I think that was part of the problem too. So I had some vodka earlier and I think uh, we're a little bit less stiff now. And I discovered that uh, being stiff on a motorcycle is no good because uh, I don't know what it is. I think it's got a mind of its own or something like that. So whenever I think something's going to happen, it happens. So I guess I just have to think about uh, it working properly. It'll just work properly. <laughs> but uh, that's part of the reason how we met is uh, because of motorcycles. And uh, you're helping me out on how to ride the thing. How did you learn how to ride the thing? In all honesty, uh, I, I learned out of a sense of necessity um, I was in a really bad place in my life. I was being really self-destructive and uh, I guess in a sense my life was kind of felt like it was coming to a close. I had a couple grand in savings and one of my friends uh, convinced me to blow the last of my savings on a motorcycle. I had, a, I had about 2000 uh, a little bit under and I scrounged up the rest and uh, we found a bike on Craigslist. We drove all, he drove me all the way down to San Diego. And so I purchased and learned to uh, ride on the same, uh, the same case of beer. Um, he pretty much just popped me on it on a, in the middle of the street and was like, here you go. Like, you know, don't let traffic hit you. Cause it was, you know, at night by then, about 8.30 at night, nine o'clock, Thursday night. <laughs> We're drunk in the middle of the street and I'm learning how to ride a motorcycle. So out of necessity and cars piling up behind me, cars trying to get around me and not wanting to get pulled over, um, I learned pretty quickly how to keep the bike going. But also keep in mind the bike I was using was a, a Yamaha V-Star 650, which is a, a, lar- a larger uh, cruiser bike. I guess considered more the midsize, but whatever. Um, Would you say it was easy to figure out? It was, it was pretty easy to figure out. The clutch on those is very forgiving. It's a 650 motor. It's a 650cc uh, V-twin, you know, on a fairly large frame. The bike's pretty heavy, so even if the clutch is grabbing pretty hard, it's not a, there's too much weight for it to move. It's not going to lift the front wheel up. I don't have to worry about accidental wheelies. Uh, it's a little too heavy for burnouts. So uh, losing traction on that thing was more difficult than on a lighter, sportier bike, similar to what you're riding. Yeah, if you don't know, I was trying to... Uh figure out how to ride this uh, Yamaha 2015 FC07. I'm having difficulty with it because I guess I've never worked with the clutch before and never ridden a motorcycle and I don't know. It seems like it's uh, not as easy as everyone says it is, but it could just be because I'm overthinking. Overthinking is a big part of, uh, is a big part of hindering progress. When it, when it comes down to riding a motorcycle, the motorcycle is nothing more than, you know, it, it's a machine. And like with any machine, you, through experience and through uh, practice, you'll, you'll make it almost feel like an extension of yourself. Overcoming the initial fear of falling down is kind of the biggest thing. 
Yeah, I've noticed that thing. Every time I think about falling, it ends up uh, I fall off the thing. So it, I swear it can read minds or something. Yeah, I, I I don't believe in manifest destiny. I don't believe in uh, predetermined uh, fate. But if you get on a bike and you're thinking about falling, you have manifested a crash in your near future. Um, your focus should be on just where am I headed, and the bike kind of responds to where you as a you as the rider are headed. It's not like riding a horse where the horse is a whole individual creature with its own sentience. Um, the bike only will behave as you tell it to behave, unless there's something catastrophically wrong, in which case, you, well, you're an idiot for riding it. <laughs> I ride bikes that have things cat catastrophically wrong with them. I'm a bit of an idiot, but I also will do burnouts at stoplights and be really obnoxious, and I'm trying to learn how to pick the front wheel up on the Harley. You know, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But I hear you're going to sell your thing soon. Are you going to be uh, sad about that? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, but it is time. Uh, one of the biggest, uh, like one of the biggest things my boy that taught me to ride uh, told me about was he said, "Fall in love with the ride, not the bike," because you're always going to want to upgrade, or you're going to need a bike that'll, f or you're going to have different needs that a different bike will satisfy better than your current one. So rather than just hanging on to one bike your entire life. You can keep on swapping up, and then you'll gain the most amount of experience. Like you'll be able to, uh, I, I guess, to you know, double verb it. My English teacher would kill me, <laughs> but you'll you'll be able to experience all of the all of the different bikes there are, and all of the different possibilities that all these different engineers from around the world have all you know, they've all built their own version of a two wheeled machine meant to transport you, but. The ride quality, the the uh, the possibilities on each bike are so incredibly different. They all handle differently. They all feel different. They all kill your lower back differently. Um, it's. I heard the newer ones are implementing some like AI features in them. Is that true? There was a uh, there there as far as I know, they're implementing like gyroscopes into them, similar to how Segways operated. I don't know if anyone listening messes with like like personal electric vehicles but there was something developed out of i believe santa barbara or santa cruz uh it's called the one wheel it's a one-wheeled skateboard oh, yeah, and I've the cbo the c the cpu uses uh, a gyroscope in the motor which is in the middle of this the, the wheel mm. to keep you upright so there are bikes that i know bmw is has presented one i'm pretty sure ducati you know yamaha and all those companies i'm pretty sure everyone has a version of it but this bike you could click it from your remote control and the bike would actually upright itself and ride itself to you. I wouldn't necessarily call that AI, but I would absolutely call that, you know, a self-driving bike, which it looks pretty cool, but at the same time, do I want a computer that's able to ride the bike that has a possibility of malfunctioning and overwhelming me as the primary rider? Hell, I don't even like having ABS on my bikes. Well, I think uh, if everything was self-driving, it would probably be fine, but you've got a combination now where you've got self-driving stuff and non-self-driving vehicles. And the thing is, the self-driving might be fine by itself, but it's the people that don't have the self-driving that are probably going to kill you. Yeah, when I, want to, when I want to ride in a self-driving vehicle, I take the bus. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't feel the need for that. We've, we've been seeing a lot of deaths come out of them. We've been seeing a lot of malfunctions and... The self-driving feature is still in beta. It's still in testing. I'm not saying it's bad technology or that the company's making it or faulty or anything, but it, they tell you when you sign up for this service that it's beta. 
and they say to sit up with both hands on the wheel. And we're seeing pe- we're seeing where people put their dogs in there and send the car off on its own. We're hearing stories about people taking road trips and everyone in the car is asleep while the car drives itself. And that's really, really cool. And probably the chance of crash having a fatal accident is pretty low, but that chance is still higher than you winning the lottery. And as long as the person behind you has self-driving too, they're not going to crash into the self-driving car. Mm, we say things like that, but we've also noticed that self-driving cars rely on sensors. And if those sensors don't pick up, like they have it on a few of those white-walled you know, uh, box trucks... Oh, I love it when my no, sensor, the wind, the wind, when the windshield gets dirty on my uh, sensor, it starts freaking out and starts beeping like crazy, saying, oh my God, you're about to crash, or some BS like that when exactly. you just can't see. Uh, a couple of specks of dirt or some basic negligence can lead to the malfunction of these, of these computers. And I just, it's not that I'm against the technology as much as I don't trust it as of yet, but I don't trust any, anything through third generation tech. Hmm. Um, for me, it, at the first, at the for the first few gens, it's just it's just in beta still. Like that's all it is. They're testing it and they're they're fixing the bugs. Maybe by fourth or fifth gen, things start to look good. But yeah, for now, all the people that are buying these cars and devices, they're 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 the beta testers. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at what's coming out now, I mean, like I, the the MX30, it, it handles well. It has nice acceleration. You know, everything about it as a car, it works pretty well, but. I have had to, by plugging it into a standard 120 volt outlet at the house with its converter, it took about 20 hours to charge. And I'm talking about like a pretty full charge. I love uh, it when uh, one of the people I knew, they plugged in their uh, Tesla charger into the wall outlet, 120 volt in the garage, but the wiring in the garage was designed just for the light bulb in the carport. They didn't realize that uh, you can't just put it on max charge and have it to work so it almost set the whole garage on fire because uh we would try to pull as much voltage as possible but the wiring couldn't handle it mm-hmm. a lot of people like don't realize we don't have the infrastructure for a full electric fleet and cars like mine are going to re- or cars like my rental are going to require a lot of electricity because my full battery is i think it has a, it's a 13 kilowatt hour battery um Somewhere around just there. Gonna have to I get about a hundred miles out of a full charge from a hundred percent. I'll get about a hundred miles. That's nothing. We're just gonna have to get more coal-fired power plants. That's yeah. that's gonna solve the problem. Yeah, we'll need to mine more lithium because even the lithium battery technology isn't where it's at. I mean, the only, the most functional that a lithium-ion battery is, like works at is between twenty and eighty percent. So only about sixty percent of your battery is actually viable if you want to keep the battery long term. Anything with lithium ion, if you charge it up to 100%, drain it down to zero every time, you're going to kill the cells. And one dead cell in a battery pack means the whole thing goes out. So you, everyone with your, you know, $3,000 electric bicycles, your, your you know, $50,000, $70,000 electric cars, you know, your $30,000, $40,000 electric motorcycles, they're all running off of lithium ion or lithium ion phosphate cells. And if you, and when you use them, you're supposed to use them down to 20%, charge them up to 80 once a week, leave them plugged in overnight to go over 100% to balance out the cells. The BMS, the battery management system, should be what's controlling that, should be managing the cells and their overall life and should be redistributing charge. But we're just not at that level technologically yet, at least not at the consumer level. And then when they do go bad, they don't even have a plan to recycle these things. You can't. So You can't recycle them. There are people that do things. I've, I've done a little bit of it. I've dabbled, but I'm not any good at it. I'll never claim I know how. 
But what you can do is take down old battery packs and using a multimeter, you can test every cell individually, find the dead cell, remove that, and, there will, and even in a dead pack, there are always a couple of live cells. So you could pull those live cells out and you can bundle them all together to make a new battery pack. However, what you're doing at that point is you're introducing a weaker cell into a strong battery pack. So that cell will die, therefore killing that whole pack. So we're reducing the overall lifespan of battery packs by recycling the live cells. It's kind of unfortunate that it works that way. I don't think there's a way to fully charge it back to original because once they lose their charge, they lose their charge. But what are you going to do with the dead one? I am not sure. I think send it to the landfill. Yeah, you send it to electronic recycling, which either burns it in some country that you know we pay to poison the residents, like fucking India, uh-huh. or you know we uh, or we bury them in landfills and they seep into the groundwater. Uh-huh. You know, there's no like none of this is sustainable. At least not yet. The technology will get there, but it's just not there yet. We hope. Well, anyways, let's get back to some more punk rock here, since we're listening to the punk rock demonstration radio hey, show. Uh, sustainability of the planet is punk rock. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to hope so. I mean, fighting against us being united under a single infrastructure where the flip of a switch, the government can turn off everything in our lives. That's pretty goddamn punk rock, man. So with that, let's take a listen to this band Riverboat Gamblers. We did an interview with them many years ago. I wonder if they're still around or if they're still coming out with new music. But we'll take a listen to some other older stuff. This song's called A Choppy Yet Sincere Apology.
president, warm and deep regards. It is evidence buried in your backyard. Everybody knows what a precious few are talking Take everything you can and leave them in your trust for the rest Then blame it on the breath There is something bugging me Don't want the whole wide world to see Situations getting bleak Fact I think it's killing me Thumbs going down, cooking, but the thing is snapping Meanwhile, bloody and it's all I got to loving Spreading all his lies, plus I can't have a vision in hate now we gotta wait There is something bugging me Don't want the whole wide world to see Situations getting bleak In fact, I think it's killing me Future President Warm and cheap regards There is evidence Buried in your backyard
Welcome back, that was Sayaka with Conscript Me, and the Gak with Take a Look Around Before Sayaka, and then Mesa Lanes with Mr. President. Play that one because it is President's Day, after all. And uh, Shattered Faith before Mesa Lanes with No Nuclear War, and Thulsa Doom with Material Takeover before Shattered Faith. Did you see Thulsa Doom when they came through town a couple years ago? You know what's crazy? I think I did go to that show, but I was really, really drunk, man. I used to go to just about every show that I physically could make it to. And yeah. I feel like I wasted my time because I, I can't remember more than half of them. Uh-oh. That's what happens if you get too drunk, I guess. That's that punk rock lifestyle, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think they came through for the first time in... Actually, maybe it was even their first time in Los Angeles. They're from New York, but very cool band to see. I do remember seeing Choking Victim when they came around. When they reformed, hmm. funny enough, we actually got the opportunity to open up for them for them. Uh, Naked aggression, rats in the wall, and uh, choking victim. It was the reunion show. Stiz himself requested that we get put added last minute to the bill. It was uh, it was a pretty huge fucking deal for for us at least. For a lot of people, they're like, ah, fuck him, fuck that, blah 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 blah. But and your band being your band being psych ward, right? Yeah. The Choking Victim was a big inspiration to me, you know, to be able to play with them, you know, even if Stiz is old and not the same person he was then, like, to be able to play with some of the, you know, musicians that inspired you to, you know, get into that type of music in the first place. Mm-hmm. President's Day today, and I'm wondering what the next holiday is, that way I can get another day off. And uh, <laughs> It's looking like Memorial Day is the next one, so we won't have any until May, which sucks. Oh. It's going to be another two months of no holidays, all this work and whatever. You know, maybe this climate change crap. Maybe we'll add another hour to the daylight times or something. Fucking climate change. I mean, yeah, there's climate change. The climates change all the time. Look through the history of the earth. Climates have drastically shifted and CO2 gases have been released in disproportionate amounts to what's sustainable, you know, all throughout the earth's history. It's kind of just how it goes. The question is now is that whether the climate change that's occurring is due to man is due to artificial interference or not. And as much as everyone wants to say that that's obvious that climate scientists are saying this, we, we have to look at who's being paid by who and who's making a living off of saying what. Because a lot of these climate scientists, if they were to go around and change any of their views, their lab would lose their funding. They'd lose a lot of money. They, 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 they can't afford to backtrack. So we've got experts that are being paid from both sides to say the exact opposite thing of one another, cherry-picking details that forward their own agenda. Climate change very well could be, you know, a much bigger deal than we're making it out to be, and it very well could not be as big of a deal as we make it out to be. You know, um, what I find interesting is, you know, well, well, I don't know if people have known, but we've had a couple earthquakes in the past couple months. We had one, well, my area at least, in Ontario. We had like a 3.8 on Friday and nice double jolt there but probably not uh not felt anywhere outside of our area but uh there were a couple in malibu it was like a 4.8 or 4.7 or something did you feel that one in malibu we felt over here uh i was moving some stuff out of the burned out apartment and uh and i was talking to the neighbors and all of a sudden dust started falling from the top of the building we're like we didn't even feel the earthquake itself we just felt the after effect which was the dirt falling down Yeah, so we've had a couple earthquakes out here in Southern California, and whenever the earthquake experts come on, they always say, oh, the weather has nothing to do with earthquakes, and all this rain that we've been having, it has nothing to do with it. But I don't know, it sounds suspicious because, uh, you know, we've had so much rain, and rain, well, if anyone knows how much water weighs, 
a gallon of water weighs like eight pounds or something like that. How many gallons of water comes down when it rains, especially if it rained for several days constantly, that's like billions of gallons of water. Multiply that by eight pounds per gallon. That's a lot of weight, you know? So for them saying that rain has nothing to do with the uh, earthquakes, I don't know, that weight I think sounds every- suspicious. I think everything kind of ties into everything. I mean, weather is weather is all based on, you know, the can weather is all like it, it all affects the next condition that mm-hmm. Earth's going to be in. And if we really get technical, it all comes down to our to our position in accordance with the sun. It, it's a level of science that I am not educated enough to speak on. Uh-huh. But I do believe that all weather is kind of tied in together. Um, maybe the rain falling and the, the extra weight has has something to do with the tectonic plates, mm-hmm. or maybe it is you know what's happening in the nuclear core that's you know the center of the earth mm-hmm. or maybe it's going to be lubricated or yeah. maybe this uh, I mean every effect we feel is so diluted down from the original cause of it like if it is a shift in the core of the earth that that vibration goes all the way up through the entire planet until it hits the surface which is where we feel the little is like the littlest bit of it left over but they also say like it's earthquakes from like many 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 miles down and all this uh, rain and whatever is not going to affect many miles down there so but the thing is these experts like uh, they were talking about milk is really good for you back like 20, 10 20 years ago but now they say milk is bad you know mm-hmm. coffee same thing coffee's bad for you but now it's suddenly good for you eggs all this stuff so who knows should we really trust these experts i mean ex well the thing about the scientific community is that they're supposed to admit when they're wrong and they're supposed to admit they're wrong when new developments come up. I mean, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even a hundred years ago that the government was issuing cigarettes to people, and claiming, you know, these are okay for you. These are no, there's no harmful adverse effects. And we can try and blame that on like Philip Morris or any of the other companies, you know, that produce tobacco products. But really, as consumers, it's our responsibility to have you know an idea of what we're purchasing and consuming. It should not be up to the corporation that make, that profits from us. To be responsible for making it safe. No. Or for telling us whether it's safe or not. We should know. We should look into products ourselves and know. And right now there's the big thing with, I think it's called asperitine, the artificial sweetener available in diet in diet sodas and a lot of other sugar-free sweet items, mm-hmm. mainly drinks. And there's people that claim it's directly linked to uh, stomach, to stomach, and I think colon, don't quote me on that, but it's directly linked to like cancers. And there are, there's no current conclusive evidence linking it to cancers that has been published. However, this stuff is FDA approved. So the government said it was safe, but we're getting new information. So if we get information that concludes that it's connected to, uh, that's directly connected to the tumors and all that, do we think the FDA is going to step in and revoke their approval of this product? Well, sounds like in California, we're going to have those uh, Prop 65 stickers on those drinks pretty soon. Oh, man, we get Prop 65 stickers on everything. You can't even go outside. Uh-huh. Well, let's take a listen to some more punk rock since uh, we're listening to the punk rock demonstration radio show. We're going to take a listen to this next band, Violent Affair. The song's called Abandoned Youth. Let's go. 
So we've got Yogi Bear lines there with COVID-19. I hear that's uh, almost over, but I think some people that I know are still sick from that, or recently got infected. Uh, Slaughterhouse before Yogi Bear lines with Fun Factory. We're doing an interview with them in end of February over in Garden Grove and the Addicts with Sympathy before Slaughterhouse. I haven't heard of that song by Addicts recently, so figured I'd play that one. You're listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. I'm Jack. My website is punkrockdemo.com. Again, that's punkrockdemo.com, and we've got Alex over here doing some cooking in the kitchen while I'm doing the show. And our show is here every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time at the same website, punkrockdemo.com. So while we're cooking, we're going to take a listen to some more punk rock and listen to some new songs after that. We're going to continue with some bad English. This song's called APG.
There was the unpatriotics there with means nothing to me and heard some battalion of saints with I don't like you before them. Heard some battalion Zoska was so fine before battalion of saints. Two songs with the battalion and the artist title. Uh, and her We Beasties with Until It's Dead before Battalion Zoska. You're listening to the punk rock demonstration where I'm here with Alex in Hollywood. Alex being from the band Psych Ward. You know what, let's take a listen to a song by Psych Ward and then we'll take a listen to new music after that. You know, what song should we play by Psych Ward? I'm a fan of the song Born to Lose off the new album. That's uh, definitely one of my favorites. So let's take a listen to that one. And then we'll take a listen to new songs after that. Have you heard any new music come out? No, not as of recently. I haven't been as connected to uh, to the music as I'd like to. Good thing you're listening to the show and we're doing it together so we can listen to all these new songs that have been coming out. All right, let's check it out, man. So let's start off with Psych Ward's Born to Lose. And then we'll take a listen to songs that people have been sending out throughout the week over the website punkrockdemo.com. And yeah, here we go with Psych Ward. Try to improve 
So there was the grimly pleased there with A, D, and A with an O, N, N between. Tongue twister there. And they've got a cool blue splattered vinyl record. Sounds like that record. Really good stuff. Chimes of Bayonets before the Grimly Please with Channel Marker. And some North Rocks with Get Out of Your Head before Chimes of Bayonets. Chimes of Bayonets sounds like this 90s post-hardcore punk or something like that. Interesting stuff there. And they've got a really bizarre yellow record that's very bright. So yes, if you want to send over music, you can send it over to punkrockdemo.com. We uh, play this stuff every week. And we're playing that right now. We're going to continue with some more of that submission stuff that people have been sending in throughout the week. We're going to continue with Wimp. The song's called Suitcase.
So you heard some Linda from work there with Wasting All My Time and some Vampire Slumber Party with McFly Family Photo and MC16 with Polytechnic before Vampire Slumber Party. You're still listening to the Punk Rock Demonstration. My website is punkrockdemo.com and we're here every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Repeats on Tuesdays from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Pacific Time in case you missed that one. And I'm Jack and we're playing songs that you haven't heard of before. And let's just take a listen to some more new music because I've got nothing better to say and Alex is uh, doing something with uh, smoking cigarettes, I guess. We're going to continue with Pugilistics. This song's called Everybody Owes.
to move on That I've had my fun That my day is done Well I Well I won't give up No I won't give in To your silly
There's four songs off the Stamet Records compilation 2024, part two of February 2024's release. That was Forklift Assassins with Wheelman, and Catharticus with Can't Box Me In, North Sea Fever with Desert Island Discs before Catharticus, and some Chipsome Gravy with Professionally Unemployed. Chipsome Gravy also sent over some other songs that are not on that compilation, the Dammit Records February 2024 Part 2 compilation. Actually, it's not a Part 2. It's just one compilation, but we're playing Part 2 of it because uh, we played Part 1 last week. So Chipsome Gravy, expect some more tunes from them in the upcoming shows. Good stuff there. And we're going to play more punk rock, new punk rock that you haven't heard of before because we're running out of time. And I've got all these new music that people sent in and we've got to play them because they're so good. We're going to continue with Still Animals. This song's called Time Sold. They're off of Slovenia Records, which I'll play another song from after Still Animals. (laughs) 